Hey, Alan, we are back for another episode of Avoid Crisis Podcast. How are you doing? I'm doing well. What episode are we on, Ray? Uh, eight, I believe. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. All right. Let's jump. We got a lot of content. We're going to try to make it tighter. Um, I believe our topics uh, today, we're just going to try to get into. Um, we've got uh, Sudan. Is it the new Wuhan? Mm-hmm. And the other topic was the First Republic Bank ricochet of deposits. Yeah, it's it's like a bullet, huh? Uh, a lot to talk about on First Republic and lots to talk about on Sudan. But, uh, you know, why would we start talking about Sudan now when we're talking about avoid crisis? I think the thing is, is that uh, it's obviously a humanitarian crisis. And it's also a crisis for the Americans that are there right now. 16,000 Americans are trying to be evacuated from Sudan right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is a really big issue. But you started off with saying, Sudan, you know, is it the new Wuhan? And uh, I think that there's a lot to kind of maybe put into perspective here with Sudan. You know, as we were talking about this before, we were talking about, you know, why is Sudan important just overall? Isn't it just another African country that is going through the geographical redistribution um, or is it something more so maybe a little bit of background um, might help Um, maybe the first thing to kind of be aware of is that there's 46 million people living in Sudan and um, it's also bordering the Red Sea do we have like a map or anything that we could maybe show that kind of just points that out yeah so if you if you take a look here and you see where Sudan is, and you see right across the Red Sea is Saudi Arabia, and you look at how this goes up to the the northwest, at the top there in Egypt, you've got the Suez Canal. Mm -hmm. And so you look at what's happening with Sudan, you look at how big of a country it is, very large, and it has a lot of mineral deposits um, in the country. Uh, There's a lot of gold, there's a lot of rare earth material, so the thing is, is that there's valuable resources in the whole geography. And on top of that, what you have is you have this um, other bigger issue going on, which is that it's a part of an overall power struggle that is not just within that region, but it's an international power struggle. So uh, let's talk about a couple of, of things to kind of know about this, which is Uh, Just background on the conflict, uh, maybe how this has kind of developed over time. And uh, let's go ahead. Just I want to just cover that geography just a little bit Mm -hmm. more, because Mm -hmm. I think part of what got missed here as well. It's a it's a nice tight shot. It shows it right up against the Red Sea, Mediterranean to the north, etc. But what's what's not shown in here is a little bit further away. If you were to go a little further east, you got Iran, Iraq which are hot zones. Right. And obviously a little bit next to that, we're going to get into Ukraine. We're going to right. get into the whole Russian conflict. There have been talks about how Russia is looking at this destabilized region as perhaps an opportunity to get a, a, a foothold along the Red Sea, which has much larger geopolitical, uh, military, geomilitary uh, issues about it. Um, th- this... Uh, uh, situation is being looked at opportunistically, I think, by other global powers 
uh, um, and this de the, the 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 lack of stability here is going to be huge. There that we need to get stability quickly um, to avoid crisis because this there's so many and there's many different levels. The the, the humanitarian side, sure. there's other issues as well, the economic and 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 so on. But yeah, as we jump into it, I want in the context of the geography to realize just how important this is it's a tight shot but if you if people should google it on there pull back a little further this is a really important important job yeah. yeah and so a couple of things going on to that so just as a little bit of a background there was a coup a few years ago and there was a replacement of the governmental power in sudan and two generals actually were joined in forces in that particular coup and now what's happening is the sunni's government has a set of military um involvements now in this basically the development of a civil war and you also have uh, a separate general who was involved in a coup who's now got his forces and those are in great conflict uh, there is a ceasefire immediately right now we don't know what happens when this um, ceasefire ends but a couple of things to understand about how this all fits into sort of the economic importance and how it also fits into the geo political influences that are there. As mm -hmm. we showed, Saudi Arabia is on the other side of the Red Sea from Sudan. And so you have to look at the risk of shipping routes being disrupted. If you're trying to get from the Mediterranean Sea to the Arabian Sea or vice versa, you end up going through the Red Sea. You're going through the Suez Canal. One of the things to be aware of is that 90% of the world's goods, 90% is transported by sea. 1.85 billion metric tons of cargo is shipped every year by sea. And the Suez Canal alone has 12% of the world global trade. 20,000 wow. ships are going through the Suez Canal every year. That's over 6,000 more ships than go through the Panama Canal. Wow. Okay. So this is a, you know, when you look at the... Uh, Suez Canal, it's a 105 nautical mile waterway, but it's not really all that wide. So if we remember, and you probably remember this, back in uh, March of 2021, uh, there was a ship and it was called uh, Ever Given. And boy, did it ever give, right? Uh, it went sideways. And so between the bound stern, it ended up um, basically wedging into the adjacent uh, sandbanks. And this was a really, really big ship. Not just like a little ship. This is a really big one. It could actually handle 20,000 containers on it. And that's a lot of containers, right? The length of the ship was 1,312 feet. And when it went sideways, nothing could get through. For six days, nothing could get through the Suez Canal. 400 ships were held up, backed up. So if you just think about what ends up happening if this conflict spills over to the Red Sea and that there's a new toll gate put in, as an example, between Saudi Arabia and uh, Sudan. And so just to kind of show how much importance there is to this conflict right now. And on top of that, you also have Russia who wants to build a naval facility in this area. And they want to do it on the Sudan side. And so they're obviously trying to influence this. But 
at the same time, got to remember that with all this shipping going on by sea, that Russia has been trying to develop a Arctic waterway themselves. They want to see the possibility of breaking ice out and having a northern route. And so if you're coming from China, you're going up through the uh, the sea here, Red Sea, going up through the Suez Canal. But what if you ended up being able to go north? Somehow Russia would gain from that. And that's the northern sea route. And, um, you know, they want to continue to promote it as a global route. And they want to build this naval base in the Red Sea. So there's a lot of just importance on what's going on with the conflict. And on top of that, there's a humanitarian crisis going on. Yeah. And right now, you know, 70% of all of the grocery stores um, in the area of conflict are closed. You can't get food right now. You can't get water. People are in the streets looking for water, looking for food. So there's a humanitarian crisis. And on top of that, a lot of the support for the humanitarian needs are the same people that are being evacuated from there. Mm -hmm. On top of that, um, you have a lot of people trying to flee the area. You don't want to stay in a war-torn area. Where are they fleeing to? As we were showing the map before, some of them are going to South Sudan. Some are going to Chad, maybe even Egypt. So you're going to have this migration of people happening at the same time. Um, And also, the reason why it's identified with Wuhan is because of something that happened that maybe a lot of people aren't aware of. And that is that um, we got a warning from the World Health Organization. Yeah, that was that was that was that was big. This is big. This was a, a quiet point that I think's been been under the radar with regard to this uh, crisis in Sudan. But yeah, that that WHO announcement uh, is jarring and it was rather short. Um, yeah. yeah. Go, go, go ahead. T- tell tell us about that uh, about okay. that World so, Health Organization. Yeah. So I mean, the thing that's really interesting about this is that. In the middle of a conflict like this, you have people um, on both sides who are trying to gain territory. And when they try to gain territory, they try to enter into buildings, they try to secure the building, they try to use it as a part of their war effort. Gives them protection and allows them to, um, you know, set up a front line on whatever battle they're going through. They entered into, uh, in the um, capital city of Khartoum, the laboratory that the World Health Organization had actually been providing samples to, to assist in research and development on developing vaccines. Now, what kind of biohazards were there that were being warned at? We're being warned about these biohazards and and these are things like measles, cholera, and on top of that, the one they didn't mention, but something that should be really thought about here, is um, the Ebola virus. Now, do you know that um, Uganda suffered a uh, Ebola crisis, and uh, they found that the cause of it was actually from the Sudan Ebola virus? Now, think about it. If it's called the Sudan Ebola virus, do you really want to have um, the conflicting armies somehow taking control of this what are they going to do and by the way what they did do is they got rid of everyone in that facility who had any kind of knowledge of how to handle these materials so what has been exposed what's happening here i mean we could have an outbreak that spreads um 
by the way, the survival rate for Ebola, not very good. Yeah, Ebola is a very, very uh, serious virus. Um, um, yeah, th- I, I think the, uh, the broader picture here is that what's happening in Sudan is shaping up to be a, another uh, hit, I think, to the global geopolitical economic environment. Yes, there's an enormous humanitarian uh, uh, hit going on right now. It's horrible for these people. Um, but I think that uh, our listeners should be aware of this because we have a lot of things stacking up that keep pointing us toward a, a significant recession. And um, to date, we haven't had it or it hasn't been felt by as widely. But uh, I think that the point that you're making here is that something we should keep our eye on, be aware of, and this could result in uh, an economic, a global economic crisis, even though people wouldn't think that Sudan would normally have that kind of uh, impact or potential. This is shaping up to be, and um, the, uh, the, uh, uh, this, this lab, this lab takeover by one of the Mm -hmm. factions is just another another part of this whole of this whole mix. Um, well, that, that kind of a fair summary. Sure. I mean, think about it. We had this question before when COVID started to appear, and the question was, where did it come from? Yeah. And was it from a fish market, or was it from the lab that happened to be in that same city, Wuhan? So when we say, you know, is it possible that Sudan is the new Wuhan? Um, I think mm-hmm. the 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 look really should be tell us about the sudan ebola virus was it in that lab because if that starts to get out um there is no vaccine there are experimental vaccines i think merck has worked on one but there is nothing that's gone to the human trials there's nothing and and by the way you know why they have such a hard time trying to determine whether or not uh human trials would work with this And logic tells you, but go ahead, <laughs> go ahead and tell us. I, I think our I think our viewers are smart enough to know where that was going. So yeah, tough to find volunteers. Yeah, tough to find volunteers. Yeah, yeah. Never, just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, looking it up right now. Ebola. They, they there is no known uh, known cure at the moment. From right. what I'm seeing. Yeah, yeah. this it's a it's a huge, and you get these factioning. This, these war factions going on, I don't know that they would be as hesitant to use it as a weapon, as a bioweapon. And once you, you know, once you get that thing out, you saw how quickly um, COVID, you know, yeah. it, it enveloped the world. I mean, within a matter of months, uh, this is this is a problem. This is a big problem. Yeah, you know, the it's interesting when we talk about COVID because the public health emergency relating to COVID is likely to end on May 11th of 2023. And a couple of things to just be aware of uh, for our listeners is that potentially this is going to change your health insurance benefits. So things like COVID-19 diagnostic testing, um, you now may be responsible for some or all the cost of the COVID-19 mm-hmm. test, yeah. including over-the-counter purchases. And that's all going to go into effect, uh, you know, May 12th, potentially. Uh, COVID-19 vaccinations, your vaccine or your boosters, they may require cost sharing now in your plan. And then another thing, too, is that um, 
as a part of the whole health emergency with COVID, individuals were given additional time to think about what kind of coverages they really needed. So that COVID-19 national emergency gave you more time to make key decisions on your health coverage. You know, if you maybe got married, uh, you have a new child, you would have an extension on the enrollment period. So you could really give it some thought as to what worked for you. And that same thing applied to COBRA continuation coverage. But those extensions, and I think those were called um, the outbreak period. So it was basically an extension of time that you had to make your decisions. Those deadline extensions are going to all end now um, as of July 10, 23. So something to be really looking at there to say, okay, uh, go back and take a look at your coverages and maybe you need to get your booster now if that's uh, something that uh, you don't want to have to pay for all by yourself or in part or in whole, then um, take a look at those benefits and just realize that those dates are coming up very quickly. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think there is reason for concern even above and beyond the humanitarian crisis in Sudan and just the fact that there is such an economic impact in sea transport. It's really something to be aware of and to think about just what would the spillover of any kind of disruption in transportation be? Because you look at what comes from China, you look at what comes from India, yeah. it's going up through the Red Sea. That's right. It, it, it's connecting the, the Middle East and uh, um, East Africa with essentially with Europe. Through, through the Mediterranean, sure. through, through the canal in Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a great, great call, Alan. You're the one who uh, put, put this one on the agenda. So thank, thank you for, for keeping me, uh, us aware, me and our listeners aware of, uh, mm-hmm. of the uh, potential crisis shaping up in, uh, as a result of the uh, civil war in Sudan. Um, we will certainly keep our eye on that. Um, and uh, I think the takeaway is that uh, this is just more pressure toward recession. This is kind of the, the summary of what I'm what I take on this. Um, again, humanitarian issues notwithstanding, that I, I hate it when people suffer through things like this. Um, one of the reasons I'm keeping up my flag back here that that situation's got to change as well. Um, let's uh, let, let's let's transition into our uh, our other topic of the day, which I think uh, 24 hours ago it wasn't on our list, but I think it got pushed up to the top quite hard. Again, we're uh, recording here Wednesday, April the 26th. Um, but uh, First Republic Bank is back in the headlines. Um, they had their uh, earnings call, their, their first quarter uh, results. And, and earnings call, I think, came out yesterday, if I remember correctly. Seems like eternity. Um, and then came had, out Monday. It actually uh, came out on Monday night after right. hours. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Monday. Yeah. Monday. Okay. Monday night after, after. That's right. After trading. So yes. Mm-hmm. So yesterday was the first trading day that included this material, mm-hmm. um, and boy, there were some. I think there were some bigger issues than, <laughs> than everybody ex- than everybody expected. Um, I've got a couple of highlights. I don't. Want, if you want to run down a couple of quick things, or do you do you have anything you want to start off with just to get us yeah, into, yeah. into this topic? Real- you know, real high level, uh, I'm going to start with this because um, there was a conference call that was pre-recorded and it was released with the earnings release and it was 12 minutes and nine seconds. And the first minute was all disclosure of, uh, you know, forward-looking statements, et cetera. So it's really 11 minutes um, from Mike Roffler talking through, you know, as the CEO of First Republic, talking through where they stood 
And he had a number of things which were really uh, potentially positive uh, statements that he made. But what we have is a real concern here about First Republic. And I want to just put out there that there's two things to think about. First of all, what drove this reaction in the market and what drove the flight of deposits at First Republic Bank. And what I'm going to say is that they got hit with the ricochet deposit bullet of Silicon Valley Bank. At that point, when we saw people rushing to get their money out, uninsured deposits pulling out, we started this tentacles of contagion. We talked about this in prior podcasts where it spreads. And what's spreading right now is this deposit withdrawal going across the regional banks. And I think that uh, there's a number of points to talk into on that. But the starting point, again, that we've talked about is this tentacles of contagion. Where does it start and where does it end? And right now, we're seeing that First Republic Bank is in the crosshairs. So we can talk through um, some of the key points that came out of that. But we can also talk about how this actually fits into the banking crisis and the narratives that are being brought out that say that this is simply a bank-specific issue. And, you know, I don't know if you agree with that, but that's how I'd like to open it up. Go ahead. Um, look, I'm going to condense down. The, I've, interesting reading. I want to condense it down to some simple things. If you read in that re- release, they say they lost $72 billion in deposits. Okay. Wait a second. Didn't Ch- didn't a, a consortium of big banks led by Chase drop in thirty billion mm-hmm. during this time frame? Mm-hmm. So they really lost over a hundred billion dollars mm-hmm. of depositor money yep. left right. the bank. Right, right. I mean that's a, a pretty much a run on the bank, right? And 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 so now when you look at what what they have what they have left. And, and the, the balance sheet's in part of the release, right? $104 billion of total deposits. That's almost half. Right. The, the, I mean, that's a tough hit to take. I mean, the fact that they're still standing, I think, is pretty amazing, right? Um, we've, all, we, we've talked about the brand and how people love First Republic. The customers say how much they love First Republic, the excellent service and so on. I mean, you know, hoping it can survive, hoping that the worst is over. But I think this is what's going on. I think that the migration of deposits was much bigger than I think people realized or they thought. And now that reality, the black and white numbers have come out. And that's why yesterday was the first trading day, but people hadn't, the common person hadn't digested it yet. That got overnight, and of course, it's going to be on CNBC in the morning. This this morning, I, I I wasn't watching, so I don't know, but I can imagine that the results of this earnings report were all over last night's and this morning's news cycle. And this is the first trading day that gave people an opportunity to trade on it. And this is why the stock was trading today in intraday in the low mid four dollar range. Yeah, and it, it's just a, it's just a news cycle on that yeah. on this thing. It dropped all the way down to 4.76. And this brings up a yeah. couple of interesting um, points. And it bounced back to six. But 
But here's the thing. Um, when we were talking here and just mentioning it as a ricochet deposit bullet, it's the, the idea that if you had money in the bank and it wasn't insured, you need to get it out of there and move it somewhere else. And we advise people in this podcast that that's what they should do. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, they were listening because they pulled it out of First Republic Bank as well, right? But wow. that was huge. Yeah, that was yeah. huge. And the thing about this is that um, there's a difference here. First of all, when we look at Silicon Valley Bank, we know that they had a lot of risk issues. The management at First Republic Bank was prudent in certain ways in that if you actually go back and look at their financials, you'll see that they were actually taking steps in the fourth quarter of 2022 to rebalance their balance sheet. And they were already taking steps. And that hasn't really come out in the news at all. It hasn't been done um, in any meaningful way as now this. And really, I think that the financial media has been looking um, some of these points and they haven't been asking the questions and maybe they're not going to get answers because maybe the, the regulators are telling uh, First Republic they can't talk to people because ultimately we haven't stopped the fear. If you allow First Republic Bank to fail right now, you're admitting that your Federal Reserve and regulators are not functioning properly. If Joe Biden wants to run for president again, he needs to find a way to save First Republic Bank. If Gavin Newsom wants to be governor of California going forward, or he wants to have a shot at running for president, he needs to save First Republic Bank. If Janet Yellen wants to have her legacy be something that is not tarnished, she needs to get involved in saving First Republic Bank. If Jamie Dimon had enough confidence to pull together a 30 billion deal, why didn't he realize right then that the number needed to be a lot higher than that? Let me talk about something else about the financial crisis too. A lot of what's driven this is the fact that our mark-to-market accounting on available for sale highlighted the risk of the bank balance sheet. And this is the same kind of issue that we had in the 2008 financial crisis. Um, I I think there's a uh, a YouTube video out there um, that I saw recently. Actually, we're pulling up here. Uh, Brian Westberg did a great job of actually identifying um, the real truth of the financial crisis. And this points back to, um, you probably remember this, the the speech I gave, uh, FAS 157, A Troubled Solution, for Financial Executives International, I was pointing to Congress that they need to change the rules on the accounting. And I'm going to say the same thing today. They need to change the rules in relationship to a bank. Because if they're asking them to have it and hold it as capital, and they want to call it as a tier one um, element, as far as you know, what's our tier one leverage ratio, well, then fine. Create it to where it has some stability. Because that's what happened. They invested in what was supposed to be safe investments. And what ended up happening? They had a, a run on the bank. And this First Republic Bank potential failure is going to lead to, in my view, a lack of confidence in the banking system and not just a recession, a severe recession, because consumers will stop spending. There will be fear. The tentacles of contagion are going to go forward. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I I, I agree completely. Um, I, I think we really need 
some new accounting rules that may, maybe they're just going to be bank specific. Um, the market, the mark to market issue and the hold to maturity, it's somewhat arbitrary. It, it's at the discretion of management, right? You can make the decision to say, no, my intention is to hold this investment to maturity. Therefore, I do not need to mark to market. Well, how, how do you know? How do you, how do you make that? How do you do that analysis? Now, hopefully the auditors are coming in with some, what the, the, I believe the term is professional skepticism, right? That's what they mm -hmm. say when they, when they, sure. when they're, when they train in us junior auditors, you have to maintain professional skepticism, right? Okay, great. Well, look, yes, I understand that that company is, their name is at the top of the, you know, check or the deposit, the wire deposit that pays your bill, right? <laughs> They're your client. They're paying you. They are paying you. But at the same time, you have to, as a professional standard, our whole system falls apart if the auditors don't have this professional skepticism and hold their feet to the fire on hold to maturity versus mark to market. But I think more fundamentally is that this system allows gaming and it allows right. these issues to happen. Right. And I right. think when we, the, those in the profession and understand these things, okay, we're not going to panic, right? We, okay, yeah, all right, we get what's going on here. But the market in aggregate, society in aggregate, they don't understand this, these issues and this nuance. They hear about these problems. Mm -hmm. And again, we talked before how these run on the banks, it's more of a psychological problem than a technical one. But it's these technical issues that trigger the psychology of the common person, right? So something has to shift, something has to change here or else okay, we're going to continue to have these problems. Right. I'm going to reload you on the financial crisis and tell you about something that happened there. And first of all, remember that the regional banks escaped with hardly any harm during that period of time. And they weren't looked at as being the problem. And so what ended up happening was it was the big banks they were the ones that had all kinds of counterparty risk with the entire system. And they said, all of a sudden, oh, we're not going to get paid. And what ended up happening is that a brand new program of injection of capital was created by the federal government in TARP, right? And mm -hmm. money came in. Now, on top of that, what also happened was that they were concerned about shorting the bank stocks and they put a halt to shorting the bank stocks. Mm. And what I think they need to do is go back to that playbook and say, you cannot short the regional banks. And here's what ends up happening if they do that. First of all, let's say there's a you know, state government out there, some foreign state who says, you know, we can really benefit by destroying America. We'll go ahead and we'll just short the banking system on the regional level. And that's going to cause disruption to the economy. That's we, we love the chaos that comes from that. Right. Let's go ahead and just short the regional banks and we get a couple to fail. And then we just go on and move on to the next target. Let's short it down. Let's say that's coming from, you know, Northern Korea. Let's say that's coming from China. Let's say that's coming from Russia. Where does our federal government and our leaders, Congress and our president, come into play with saying, let's go back to the playbook. Let's go back to 2008 and see what worked. What happened? We said, stop shorting. And we also said, we're changing the accounting rules. We need to do both right now. Right. If we want to save First Republic Bank, if we want to save this country from going into a severe recession, 
because what follows a severe recession? Depression. We haven't had one for a while. But, you know, let's not think that this is isolated to a single bank that has no systemic impact. Absolutely right. I, I agree. I agree 100%. Um, this is a significant issue. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that first, if you looked at the other fundamentals in that report, you know, the earnings, the, 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 the interest spreads and so on, it's, it's not that bad. I mean, First Republic mm-hmm. management is it, doing the right thing. I mean, they're, they're doing the best they can. How, you, how, how do you control $100 billion deposits leaving your bank? I mean, you know, they dealt with very wealthy people who had a lot of money and they felt safer diversifying it around. First Republic got sucked into this whole storyline, if you will, about the fundamentals that were the problem on Silicon Valley Bank's right. balance sheet. And that just kind of fed a flame in the, in the wrong direction, if you will. And it, and it, okay, so now we've got the reality of what happened. My hope is, is that we can have a much more sober approach now and to say, okay, and look, it's still standing. Right. Come on back, and, get, get and, the, get the deposits right. back in there. It's a great it's, bank. It's, it's great service. Yeah. Let's keep and, them and alive. They serve, and they serve a lot of communities. And they serve a lot of nonprofits and they serve a lot of small businesses. And so it's not just the rich man's bank. And, you know, the thing about it is that what they are, though, is they are really important from a local community and a California community. Mm -hmm. And obviously um, where they end up is the same type of analysis that has to be applied to any other regional bank in any other part of the country. And so this issue is large and there needs to be a step in um, at some level. Why not have the larger banks help contribute to the bailout of the smaller banks? Um, because otherwise, let's just reinvent the banking system. Yep. Because what we have right now isn't working. I so. agree, agree, 100%. We, we're definitely going to keep our eye on this story. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 I know for a fact that, that we've not heard the last of what's going to be coming out of the First Republic uh, uh, story. Um, we will keep our eye on it for our listeners. We'll keep them posted of things as they happen. Um, but uh, I think uh, uh, for now, it's as, as, as a consumer, we just got to wait and see. We got to wait and see. As an investor, oh my God, what can I say? <laughs> I'm going to stay away from that one because um, it, it's just, it's a very volatile situation. I think in a long-term investment standpoint, sure, if you're not going to retire for, you know, 20 years, might not be a bad way to, 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 to make a bet. But if the psychology continues to go the way it is, then it's then it then this this it, it could end up in FDIC you know receivership as well, but uh, the fundament fundamentally though management at FRB they're they're make, they're doing the right things. So let, let let's see what happens. We'll keep our eyes on it. We'll keep our keep our listeners informed. Um, and I think Alan, we're I think we're bumping up on our time that we were trying to hit for today. Sure. You know, a lot to talk about. There'll be a lot to talk about next week. Sounds great. Alan, thanks again. again. 
Good to, sure. good, to, good to see you. And if anybody uh, subscribe to our podcast, Avoid Crisis, um, we're on all the, the major pro- podcast uh, sources out there. And I've uh, got the website up as well, if you want, avoidcrisis.com, if you want to uh, try to, um, you know, see, see more about us in our episodes. Uh, with that, I think we will uh, sign off for this episode, Alan. Thanks, Ray. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye.